With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, July 19th. And this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. But sometimes that financial life kind of collides with the economics of the nation and the globe. And we've been getting a ton of questions from all of you since that hot inflation report came out recently. Remember that the uh, consumer price index up by 5.4% in June from a year ago. It's the strongest pace since August of 2008. And that was when crude oil was trading above 100 bucks a barrel. And even when you pull out the volatile food and energy components, CPI, the core CPI, up by four and a half percent from a year ago, and that's a 30-year high. So when my friends from Face the Nation said, hey, we want to interrupt your weekend so that you can talk a little bit about inflation, I said, heck yeah, I get the chance to hang with John Dickerson on a Sunday, I'll do it to help you understand a little bit more about the inflation worries that are persisting and that are really starting to become part of your investment life because this is clearly an issue. Here is my segment from Face the Nation on Sunday with John Dickerson. So prices are up 5%. That's the biggest rise in 13 years since August of 2008. What's going on? Well, there's a lot of different forces, and I just want to point out that a lot of this has to do with the fact that a year ago, when we have these price increases, we look back a year, that's when the economy was still mostly shut down. So the effect of looking one year ago is that it seems like this gigantic big jump in prices. But we also have the confluence of good old Econ 101, supply and demand. So obviously, we've been shut down mostly for 16 months red hot consumer demand. There's more than $2 trillion of excess savings that we have burning a hole in our pockets and we're spending it big time. And then on the supply side, we've had a lot of bottlenecks in supply in certain areas and that has really cut off a lot of supply. So you put it all together and as you said, a big price increase, even when we take out volatile food and energy, 
We have the biggest price increases in 30 years. So help us understand what is uh, the result of a once in a lifetime pandemic and the strange coming out of that with an economy. What's going up? What, what's increasing? And what portion of what's increasing do you think is a result of, say, those bottlenecks you talked about, which have to do with the pandemic? And, uh, and what portion of what's increasing is likely to maybe stay uh, higher as the economy recovers? I think it's important to note that economists are battling this very question right now, and we don't know the answer. Here's what we do know. The things that went down the most in price during the pandemic are seeing huge increases. So everything in leisure and hospitality has gone sky high. You know, go look for a hotel right now. Go try to fly. It's tough. OK, but then what other areas as we talk about those supply chains, semiconductor chips are really in need right now. And those are needed in cars. Because new car production stalled in the beginning of the pandemic, very few suppliers thought that there was gonna be this huge demand for cars. Well, no new cars, let me go to the used car market. Wait a second, there are used cars that are up 40% in price from before the pandemic. This is a huge number. Those kinds of bottlenecks will not continue. But I think the area that economists are most worried about is everything else. And that means that we've got to watch wages. We've got to watch food prices. Clothing and apparel was up very big. And it is unclear to anyone at this moment in time how much of that will stick and for how long. Jill, what about, I mean, wages are a part of this as well. Um, we hear about labor shortages and uh, and you see companies in the fast food industry adding more, not only to the paycheck, but also benefits. How much are wages a part of this picture? And what do you think the durability of that is? Will that change or will they go back down again? I think this is a really interesting question because for so many years, it really felt like employers had the upper hand. And through the pandemic, because there was a lot of ability for people to stay home, we wanted them to stay home. People were really happy to collect the money and be safe, and that was smart. Now we have smaller companies specifically complaining they cannot find labor. Now a company like McDonald's or a Starbucks or an Amazon, they can pay up. They've made gobs of money throughout the pandemic, no problem. I think the concern is around some of the smaller employers, the mom and pop stores. They're saying, we can't find people, we can't afford to pay these wages to compete with the big guys, and we're getting squeezed out. Now, if you're a worker, you're feeling pretty good. But remember one thing, we have to really look at these prices because if prices are up by 5% and you only have a 3% increase, you're losing. In fact, the Labor Department said that if you look at the average wages right now from a year ago and you account for inflation, we actually are making 1.7% less than we did a year ago. And that's not a great condition for workers. With 30 seconds left, Jill, we can't talk about inflation without talking about the Federal Reserve. What's your sense of what the Federal Reserve will do in response to these signals of inflation? Well, remember, the Fed has basically two jobs. They want to foster enough economic growth to get people in the labor force, and they want to keep an eye on prices. For 10 years prior to the pandemic, they were worried that prices were not rising enough. Now they've got to focus on inflation. The Fed chair, Jerome Powell, has said that the Fed is willing to let inflation run hotter for a little bit longer to get the millions of people who are not yet back in the labor force back in. So I think that we are going to see higher prices at least for another six months. Next year, that's another question, John.
Okay, we'll get back to your questions throughout the week, I promise, but I just had to do that. You know, come on, face the nation. It's a big deal, right? As always, send your questions to askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on the website, jillonmoney.com, just hit the contact button. And don't forget to tell us if you'd like to come on the program live with us. Mark will do everything else more than ever. Try to do something nice for someone else today. It will make that person feel better. It will make you feel better. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.